0: The fact of the matter is, whether you've been in network marketing for years or just a few days, your family and friends have seen your opportunity and your phone is, as we call it, burned. If you're anything like me, that's a scary thought. So the big question is, how do entrepreneurs like us who love the network marketing profession, who no longer want to be that guy and are tired of convincing people during uncomfortable, let's get coffee meetings where they say, what's this all about? How do we market in a way that aligns us with our dream clients, and expands our network of upfront and transparent professionals, allowing us to get our time back, our families back, and gain a real passive asset. People like us, who value impact over income, we deserve to see our visions once and for all. Join me in this podcast where we'll uncover just how to do that. My name is Eric Sablon. Welcome to Burnt Phone Marketing. Hey everybody, welcome to Burnt Phone Marketing. This is Eric Sablon. I'm so excited today. I have the awesome opportunity to to interview one of the up and and coming podcasters. He owns a uh, podcast called, he runs a podcast called Coaching Success Radio. He's a husband, a father of two. He has a real estate background. He also did some funding for some fix and flips. So uh, he's been in the industry, he's been networking for a long time. He did some stuff with music and uh, his church. So he's really got that side of his business, that that side of him laid out. He has a podcast, again, called Coaching Success Radio, and he's the coach for coaches. So everybody, please welcome William Winterton to the show.
1: Hey, what's going on, Eric? How you doing, man?
0: Good, good, man. I'm so excited that you're on, man. I appreciate you coming on, taking the time out. So I want to jump right in you know, give us a little bit about the backstory of, you know, how Coaching Success Radio came about. And I liked your transition from what you were doing before to what you're doing now.
1: Absolutely, man. Well, I tell you, it's, it's a bit of a wild ride, but Coaching Success Radio really, I guess I should start a little bit earlier and talk about how I got into the coaching world in the first place. Uh, as you said in the intro, man, thanks for the intro. It was awesome. Uh, I've done a lot of entrepreneurial stuff my whole life. First entrepreneurial job was when I was 14. I started doing magic shows for children's birthday parties, and I created a business of, like, I've never really had, like, a desk job nine to five. Like, that's just not how I'm wired. So, like, that's where I started off, and I went to the music world for a long time. But the coaching stuff started out in the real estate land, and uh, I started coaching real estate investors. Uh, I was a financier, so I financed projects for uh, fix-and-flip homes as, uh, like, 2008, 2009, when the crash hit. Uh, the banks weren't lending anymore. We saw an opportunity. So we started funding investors to buy homes, buy apartments, buy you know, commercial property, whatever. But in that group, I started working with other investors and other real estate lenders. And I became kind of a mentor and a coach of a group. Uh, there's like seven of us who are mentoring and coaching a group of about four or 500 private lenders. It was one of the largest private lender communities in the country. And I became a coach for that. I had about 40 people under me uh, at any one time that I would just be kind of on call for, right? Uh, so that's where the bug for coaching kind of started. Like, Oh, this is, this is more fun than doing the flipping. Like real estate to me was never that sexy. Like it's a house, right? It's got walls. It's got a roof. <laughs> you can probably make some money, but there's like the people side of it was what I love. So I uh, got into that world, got into the coaching, started coaching small businesses. Uh, and then about two years ago, I uh, took on a project called the coaching success club, which was a membership site uh, where a friend of mine, a colleague of mine, Uh, And I kind of co-led that. I created the content for it. Uh, We ran uh, live calls every week. We had guest people, uh, you know, special experts come in and talk about coaching. Uh, And then that drifted off uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, Nothing bad. It was just that really my partner, her uh, family, she's not from this country. And she had to go back to Bulgaria visit family and take care of some stuff. So we dissolved that. But I kept that coaching success name and decided let's keep the same idea going. And let's put together, instead of a, a membership platform, let's have it more accessible so anybody and everybody can, can grab onto the content. So uh, a few months ago, I think in maybe in April, May, uh, launched Coaching Success Radio. And it's been going strong ever since, man.
0: Man, that is so awesome. And one thing that I like about what you said was, and, and if the audience wants to really take notes on this, is he kind of found a niche to where there was an issue in 2009. So he found the niche. So he created an opportunity for a lot more people. And he kind of widened it out. Then he found some stuff that, you know, he really got into. He partnered up with the right people. He found the who's. And then he built off that. And then as things happened, he really transitioned into his own world and Coaching Success Radio. So guys, out there, you know, there's always that opportunity. You just have to be looking for the opportunity because if you're not looking, what you look for, you find. It's I've always said that. One of my mentors told me this is, what you seek, you will find always. So, um, that's awesome. So you're doing coaching. So a little bit about your business, your business is in coaching and coaching success radio. So what's the goal for your client in your coaching business and for coaching success radio. And then the other one is, if you could explain your dream client or your avatar, I really like, um, listening to the dream 100. If you could explain your, a quick synopsis of your dream client, who would that be?
1: Awesome question. So my program, my coaching program has evolved, and I think it's continually evolving. Right now in the past couple of years, I've been working specifically to help coaches who are uh, basically either brand new at coaching or are trying to grow their coaching business, have been in business for a while, but they've, they've been kind of stuck at a certain level. So if they're only making a couple hundred bucks a month in their coaching or they're not bringing on very many clients, I was in that position when I first started out when I first left my my I guess nine to five. I was working at a church as a musician in amongst all this other real estate stuff and the coaching stuff, left that and went completely entrepreneurial and trying to make that work. and like again, in your in your world, with whether it's network marketing, whether it's internet marketing, affiliate marketing, uh, any kind of social media work, anything entrepreneurs are doing, it's tough to get some traction and get things going in your business. So, I've done a lot. I've made a lot of mistakes. I learned from really, really amazing people. And I've had some people that I've hired that I regret, like, oh, man, I should have checked into them a little bit more, right? So I think what I'm trying to do with my programs, is I'm trying to help people kind of shortcut some of those obstacles. I get real careful in my language, though, because part of it, like, you hear a lot of stuff, especially in the coaching world. But really, in entrepreneurial world, uh, people who are saying, you know, if you follow these six steps. I can help you make six figures in two weeks and all this kind of crap, right? Or this email sequence is what I use to generate. They don't tell you that it was like 10 years of stuff to get them to that two week email sequence and all this list building. So I I don't promise people that, Hey, in a couple of weeks, you're going to have a five figure month. That's not the case. But, but what it is, is it slicing through. I think there's so much stuff that we think we have to do. There's like, you know, between funnels and email sequences and webinars and podcasts and blogging and all these pieces. And I think so many people getting started don't have a real solid roadmap. And so they just t- t- like start trying stuff and they're like shiny objects everywhere. Right. And you are like, I'll get a subscription to this and I'll buy this course and I'll watch this webinar and I'll, Oh my gosh. Uh, I'll, you know, it's, it's the same thing that happened in real estate. And I'll just use that back experience in real estate when you think about real estate investing and I don't know how savvy anybody is on it necessarily, but you understand there's homes and then there's apartments, right? And then there's businesses. Like if I go and buy a building that a strip mall is in and then there is real estate, like I can buy land, like farmland. I can buy raw land. that's not been zoned yet. Right. I can buy, uh, you know, it, it, it goes on. I can buy mobile home park. It goes on and on. And you get into all these things. And in that world, people did the same thing. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to start investing in land. I'm going to start investing in non-performing notes. I'm going to start invest, like, and they started bouncing all over. So with my clients, what I'm trying to do is if people are super interested in growing their business and they're just kind of either, like I said, they're starting out or they're just done with like figuring everything out. Like, I don't know what roadmap to do. My dream client is somebody who is good at what they do. They can help people. They, they have the skill set for that. I don't teach any of the coaching. Like, here's how you coach somebody. I just teach the business side. So they get those skill sets and they're looking to ramp that up. That's who I like to work with is somebody who's passionate about the coaching and just needs some help figuring out how to get their message out and, and really be more of a, of a influence on really on the world. So that's, that's who I work with and look for.
0: Man, that's cool because, so I just did an interview with one of my good friends, John Schwartz and his goal in his, he's going to write a book, but his goal, he's been in the car audio industry for about 20 years. And he's just launching, he just launched a new brand. But his goal for all of his, his book is to compress timeframes. He goes, if I can compress your timeframes to not two weeks, but if you, you know, do what I say, follow the frameworks that I'm doing, and I compress what could have taken seven years to three years, or what could have taken three years to, to one year, or what could have taken a year to six months, and you go through all of that coaching, coaching to coaches, and you follow the framework. That's, that's a huge nugget guys. I mean, listen to that, listen to that, like compressing timeframes. Cause I did a, a podcast the other day and slow sucks and fast is awesome. So <laughs> compressing timeframes and getting on with, you know, seeing the, 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 the challenges that you have already been through and you've seen through other coaches, you can, you can expand their, their network and their business. Faster.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I can always make more money, but I can't make more time. That's basically what it boils down to, right? Exactly.
0: So you launched the podcast, and I, I followed. I've been following you for a long time. So how important has we in our in our world we call it publishing? Um, mm-hmm. It's called, you know, in some people it's called Facebook Live, it's called podcasting, whatever, whatever you're calling it or blogging. But how important to your business in the last six months? has publishing been, and uh, how, how important would you say to do it is?
1: Publishing is super important if it's something that you're doing right. I learned from, so I know you're a big Steve Larson fan, big Russell Brunson guy with ClickFunnels and stuff, and I, I don't know if all the people in the audience know, but if you don't know who uh, Russell Brunson is, uh, basically his stance on it, his whole mindset, is that if you publish every single day, for a year, you're, you're gonna succeed. There's just no way out of it. And I have been publishing pretty regularly for about half a year now. And I can tell you already that my results are ridiculous, uh, and and improved and people, people uh, assume that results mean I've made a a ton of money, which the money is there. But it's way beyond that. It's the relationships that I forged through it. So in my business in the what I do is obviously the coaching, but it's also the podcast. It's a huge piece of what I, I'm doing when you're talking about publishing. And I set up to do just, I mean, the same thing you're doing, Eric, uh, interviews and just reaching out to people. And my my purpose for starting the podcast was pretty self-centered. I was like, I'm going to figure out how I'm going to connect with these amazing people. Because I, I see these coaches who are just crushing it, right? And I'm like, oh, crap, I'd love to connect with these people. So I started just reaching out to coaches all over uh, on different Facebook forums that I saw were giving tons of content, tons of advice, tons of good stuff. They had their, their funnels in place, their systems in place. And I just reached out to them and I was like, Hey, I'm starting a podcast. Do you want to be interviewed? And I got like 10 or 15 coaches like, sure. And I was like, Oh crap. Okay, cool. And so it was like, all right. But in those conversations now I have relationship now. And, and one of the questions I always ask is I get into that interview and I get done with it. And I'm always asking, is there somebody who's almost as cool as you are that I could talk to next? Somebody who could give me a nugget that is beyond that. And it's amazing, people are so willing to share ideas and people and relationships. Uh, so now I'm, I'm going on other people's podcasts, I'm contributing to blogs, I've written for, uh, somebody's got an ebook that I've written for I mean, It's just crazy, the stuff that you start doing. Uh, and then that snowballs into the clients that you start attracting, it starts snowballing into the money you're making. Uh, and really your sphere of influence so uh, if you're on the fence and it seems daunting to publish i would suggest uh, just like you said publish can mean anything you don't have to go out and start a podcast in fact i recommend you don't unless you i mean i like unless you like really love this but if you're more of a writer like blog or facebook like live stuff or posting just stuff when you're talking about publishing content though you have to, there, there's, a, there's a strategy to it. And the strategy is, uh, there's a do and a don't. There's a bunch of don'ts. And one of the things that you must not do is just assume that because you're putting content out there, any kind of content, that it's going to start building you up. If you're just reposting, uh, you know, a Gary V quote and you're like, hey, you know, and, or a Jim Rohn quote or like that, and you're like posting the same stuff, you're like putting stuff up randomly on Facebook posts, something like, you know, I follow my dreams because I'm a badass or something mm-hmm. like that. If people are like, Okay, you know, like if it's just feel you know, good, you know, doodly go off and say it's not going to mean anything. But if it's something that's actually, it's got to be something that, that shifts people's paradigm a little bit and gets people to, to question you. It's got to be a little bit provocative, a little bit controversial, and get people to engage with you. Uh, you have to put something out there that's going to mean something, and that's publishing. Publishing is not going on and just filling your Facebook page with a bunch of stuff and be like, yeah, I published. I'm a, you know, I'm a network marketer, so I'm going to put every post out there about my network marketing and all the links to how to buy stuff. And here's all the product that I have. Like, that's not publishing. That's just, that's going to get you unfriended.
0: That's, that's an infomercial.
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's a difference, but publishing by, all, by a long ways has made my business uh, way stronger, way more, uh, way more uh, fun too.
0: Well, and, and what, what's nice about that is you're actually building a network and you're building a true network. And you're one right. of the biggest nuggets that I just pulled from you just now was, and guys always be learning. Like, when you're listening to these interviews and really you're listening to interviews, there's always nuggets that drop. The question he asked, is there anyone as cool as you that I could also talk to? Oh my goodness, that is a huge nugget. Uh, you know, because as you're building relationships, people are willing to give you that warm introduction. And in network marketing, that's exactly what you're doing when you enroll somebody is you're asking them, but w- when you're publishing, you're actually giving something first versus getting and getting and getting. And that's what I love about publishing is there's a lot of giving. You're giving a lot to people. And you know, like, like, like William said, is like, don't just publish to publish. Publish because there's some content, there's something that you wanna share. And again, we're talking about Russell Brunson, he talks about being an attractive character. And people relate to your, you know, everybody has their dream, everybody has their struggle, everybody has their victory. And more people on the internet on on podcasts that are following you more people relate to your struggle than your dream or your victory so if you're publishing and you're telling your story and you're just documenting what you're doing your journey um you're going to get a lot more people and it's amazing how i don't want to say easy but it's amazing how willing people are to be on your podcast if you reach out to them correctly and you, you do it for the right reasons and one of the nuggets that i actually saw was I was listening to a story not too long ago, and it was about Arsenio Hall on The Apprentice. And he said, when when I had a platform, when I had a show, everybody took my call. But now that I don't have a show, I couldn't even raise a dollar because everyone was too busy. So that's just one thing about publishing that people will actually relate to. They'll be like, well, he has a show, or he has this, or, you know, yeah, no problem. I'll come on your show, or yeah. I'll interact with your Facebook live because you have something in your giving content. So, um, okay. Well, we're, we're, we're at about 18 minutes, but I'm going to, I'm going to ask these two questions real fire quick. fire away,
1: man. I got, I got, I got your back
0: and Do just to get you going. So, um, you've been an entrepreneur entrepreneur for years. You know, you've done a few things. You've done the church, you've done the real estate, you're doing the coaching, um, going back. The day that you decided to do be an entrepreneur, what's the one thing you would have told yourself to increase the speed of your business, period?
1: Uh, I would say, so when I first became an entrepreneur again, I was 14, so I'm going to fast forward a little bit because I. anymore, though, with the internet, I mean, I know kids who are not even 10 that are making six figures a year selling bracelets and stuff, so it's not like it's impossible, but I would say for me, probably the first real entrepreneurial thing I did was uh, I started a business with my wife. I was actually a videographer for about 10 years as well. And we started a company up. And what I would probably have done different would be to really look at the systems that I had going. I, I created this business as a videographer. My wife and I would go out and shoot. We'd, we'd film weddings. We did, um think, I don't know, not just like pretty much anything people would need, like uh, events, uh, concerts, anything that was happening, uh, dance recitals, that kind of stuff like that. We'd film it and we'd sell the tape back to the parents. And that was pretty good. That the problem we had, though, was that we really created another job for ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. I was working my job at the church. She had her job. Uh, we had two small children. And we said, hey, let's start a videography company. It'll be our business. Well, t- technically, we just said, let's just make another job for ourselves. And yes, we were we were the boss. Like, we could decide which clients to take or not. But if we wanted to get paid, one of us had to show up. And then one of us had to spend, this is back in the old days, you know, I'm dating myself here, but this is, this is like, this is back in the old days whenever it was all on tape it wasn't digital so to import stuff into a computer took time it was like a second for second thing so you couldn't just upload it and then you had to go through it you had to edit it and you had to color it and, put, and then you had to burn dvds and i was just like it was it was a lot of stuff and looking at it we probably made way less than minimum wage for every project we had even if we charged decent money it was just for the time so that process stuck with me. Like, if I'm going to start another business, I'm, I'm not doing all that again. I'm coming up with a different system. So right now, the things I don't want to do, I either send them off to a VA or I have some other buddy, I have somebody else doing this for me. Because I'm like, if it's not something I'm passionate about doing, it's taking my time, right? Like, it's not, it's not worth it for me to sit down and try and create, uh, you know, a, a graphic or a, an outro for my podcast. Or, you know, it's like, it's, I have so much other stuff I got to do. Could I do it? yeah, I could, I've could. i got the skills. I know how to use Photoshop. I could probably make it look okay. But that's not what I've got so much other crap to do. And I got clients to serve and I got content to put out. So having a system in place that gives you that freedom to focus on what you are really good at and not being scared to let go of the stuff that you are not the expert in. If you're not an amazing accountant, like 20 bucks an hour, hire a bookkeeper. Like seriously, like, it's not worth your time to sit there with TurboTax at the end of the year and try and figure this crap out, right? So it's it's it, it, it that was what i would say i would have started right away but like okay cool here's what i want to do uh everything else i don't want to do i'm gonna figure out how to hire out that's that has been a, a lifesaver for me
0: one of our mentors says hire when it hurts
1: yeah yeah absolutely well because it's crazy because you get this entrepreneurs are horrible at this man we're, we're all like we're all supermen right like I can do this all myself. I don't need nobody to do this. And I, you know, my mom was the queen of this thing. like, I want it done right. I got to do it myself. And oh my gosh, it's like, yes, you're right. It could probably look really good, but how many hours is that going to suck out of your day? And, you know, you spend all this time putting whatever your, you know, peevish little project is together. And then you've let go of the people you could have served, the clients you could have connected with, the the product you could have pushed through. Right. And it's like, man it's, it, you're only you, you want to be good really really good at a couple things you don't want to be the jack of all trades no. that, that guy's broke you want to be the person who's really good at one or two things right uh, and you look at any entrepreneur who is super super success, successful and I don't care who you're looking at uh, down you know uh, up the chain you know it, it doesn't matter they're focusing on a couple little things they're not trying to do all the stuff in their space they have people doing that they have people they trust they hire out and they bring them in and and you got to get the right people in place, but man, once you get that set up, uh, yeah, it's so you can look back and like, why in the world was I wasting so much time doing this other crap? So
0: that's one of the big nuggets that I always t- that I took from the one from away challenge is the who, not the how. If I can figure out the, the yep. who can do it way better than me, then then do it. And and a lot of times it's becoming that leader within your team, which basically can articulate exactly what you want. And again. That's what you're going to, in network marketing, you're articulating to your team. This is the who, not the how in network marketing. You're articulating to your team. This is the system we want to follow. This is how we want to do it. This has results that show results and results and results and results. It always shows those same results. And that doesn't matter if you're, you know, building a podcast, doing prospecting for network marketing, doing an onboarding system for network marketing, or doing an onboarding system for a new customer, or even a VA. You know, is if you can articulate what their what you, your goal is, then they'll be able to follow it because they have the framework and the steps. Exactly. So the last question I have for you, and it's a good one. Um, and I know that you've been, you know, you've been around, so you've been around a while. <laughs> not saying I'm old, are you? No, not saying you're <laughs> old. I like to tell people I'm seasoned. <laughs>
1: there you go. Hey, there you are.
0: So in your business today, what's the one thing that keeps you up at night? Good, bad, or both?
1: I think probably, honestly, I just, okay. That's kind of a weird question because I am the guy who is up anyway. Like I don't, there's the tradition. Like if you get up at four in the morning, you're going to be a better entrepreneur. I'm not, I'm the guy who stays up till three in the morning and then sleeps until nine. That's my world. Like I'm in that cycle. Uh, And for me though, it keeps me like, Troubled, and I, I wake up in a cold sweat. Is really just thinking like, what is, what is the next thing I could be doing? To, I look at my family, right? I look at my kids. I have a daughter who just started high school today, and my kids, my boy just started junior high. So I'm looking at that, and I'm going, okay, what do I need to do for them to get them on the right track? I look at college options, I look at all that stuff, and I'm thinking like, do I really want to send them down that path, or how do I get them in that, you know, mindset of the entrepreneurial mindset to take care of themselves and go that direction? Uh, And that doesn't, honestly, it doesn't keep me up every night, but it's something that if usually if I start thinking about that, like it's a long night, it's like, it's okay. How do I make this work? And I can't fix their problem. I can tell them how to live their lives. But I think about, I think about where I was at, you know, 13, 14, 15 years old. And I think about, you know, the decisions I made in my life and the direction I kind of went. And I, I, I will say, I love that my family let me do kind of my own thing. They made me go to college, but they let me get a degree in music, right? Like whoever gets a job with a music degree, which somehow I did. I don't know. I got a job with music without teaching. That's a really, that's another podcast, but, but the, the challenge is just saying, what can I, what can I do to be there and be a good enough father in that sense, but also be back enough to let them kind of make their own choices and let them fall, let them make the mistakes. It's the same with my coaching clients. It's like, I can't just, I don't give them the answers. Like I'll help them get the answers. I'll get them to the point where they got the answer or they can get that direction. But like I said, I don't like to get people like, hey, in two weeks, you'll make X number of dollars. No, it's going to take some time. And, I, and you've got to go through, you've got to fall a little bit. Otherwise, if you're just handed something, you know, it, you're not going to appreciate it. It's not going to come back the next time. It, it, I think there's too much that you lose in that lesson. So it's, it's figuring out that balance of how do I, how do I gently guide my, my kids and at the same time, let them be free to just, you know, completely crush under their own weight if they have to just to get back up
0: teach them to fish, but don't give them the fish. But then you want to be able to give them the right tools. You want to have, they want to have the best fishing nets or whatever. So uh, that's a, it's a fine line because, you know, I have, I have seven kids and they do uh, all sorts of things from work at uh, hotels to uh, work at the banks to do logistics. So they have, and it's just, you know, that, that hits me hard because, you know, you're in that spot. I'm done with that. They're already, yeah, they're already twenty. The youngest is twenty, but man, that's a that's a sweet that's a sweet area that you're yeah.
1: in. it is that that weird line of again, you want to you like you said, you want to help them, but you also just you gotta let them just you know sometimes they're gonna fall down, and that's that's okay. It's good. A little dirt never hurt. So
0: <laughs> that's right. A little dirt never hurt. So thank you, thank you, William. I appreciate you jumping on. I'm actually gonna put your the link to your podcast in the show notes. Also. Yeah, great. Also, I'm going to put the link to your Facebook in the show notes as well. Hey, guys, make sure you listen to the full outro because I'm giving away a 30-day summit to 30 of the top internet entrepreneurs. If they lost everything, what would they do to get it back every single day? So there's 30, um, 30 entrepreneurs that uh, you you can get the summit for free. So make sure you listen to the full outro. And again, William, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And uh, let's do this again.
1: Awesome, man. Thanks, Eric.
0: I know that network marketing can be tough sometimes, being that outcast, seeing that vision that nobody else sees. So what I did for you guys is I put together a summit of some of the top income earners in network marketing for free at www.burntphonechallenge.com forward slash summit. This summit's going to help you with belief, it's going to help you with strategy, and it's going to help you with the steps to help you grow your business. So enjoy the free training, and I'll see you on the next podcast.